Hello and welcome to Digital Know How. This podcast series is brought to you by Digital Works Group. Our team of experts are here to share straight talking, no nonsense, practical information and advice for successful digital transformation. Today we're talking about innovation in the legal sector and the use of intelligent automation. I'm delighted to say that I'm joined by two digital experts, Damon Harding of Digital Works Group and Dave Horton of Triad. Damon is an established strategic business transformation leader and non-executive director. He's been successfully transforming complex businesses for over 20 years. One of Damon's key specialisms is process re-engineering, and he has a track record of driving improvements to front and back office processes. Dave heads up Triad's intelligent automation practice and is responsible for providing IT strategy and architecture services to clients. He has helped UK law firms and government bodies, including the Department for Transport and Highways England, and is committed to ensuring businesses secure the benefits that automation offers. Hello and welcome to you both. Hi, Claire. Thank you so much for joining me today. Damon, shall we start with what impact the pandemic has had on the legal sector and perhaps some of the challenges? Yeah, I think it's probably worth saying that the legal sector was in some degree of flux before coronavirus hit. So I think the three main things were the sort of increasing pricing pressures from clients and big moves to manage costs, including legal process outsourcing. I think the new types of legal services, the alternative business structures, the delivery model on that is still being worked out. So a fair degree of flux on that. And then the massive growth in new technologies and with it, new types of legal roles emerging. So there's a lot of change in the legal sector. So you add on to that the impact of coronavirus. I think the Law Society's um, benchmarking survey, which they did in conjunction with Lloyd's, suggests that reduction in revenue in 2021 could be 10 to 20% for the legal sector. Uh, That's going to further compound the cost pressures that they're already facing. And you've got some very hard hit areas, such as litigation, PI, clinical negligence, commercial and corporate services, where things aren't really progressing during lockdown. And then other areas like private client and employment law is thriving because there's so much extra work to do. And then add on top of that, the remote working challenges, which many legal firms are trying to work out, as with every other industry, but for legal you know, document exchange, physical signatures, face-to-face meetings with clients, they're all very big challenges to face. Absolutely. Gone are the days where you could just pop down to your local solicitor's office. Dave, what other challenges besides the ones that Damon's mentioned is the legal sector facing? Things I observe the most when I look at the lawyers working is that they don't have the tools they need to do the job effectively. And that results in lawyers doing a higher amount of what I would say is administrative work and that being challenged by their clients when they invoice them. And if I look more deeply at what are the causes of that, it breaks down to three things. The first is data management. I do see that lawyers having to wait to input or extract data when they're away from the office because they don't have the right tools to enable them to do that. Being able to put increasingly large amounts of data so that it is easily discoverable later when it's needed. 
And also the third one for data management is that quite often data is held captive in the systems it's input into because there are niche systems focused on very specific things. Uh, they're good at their job, but you know if you can't get to the information, you limit the effectiveness that you can do your job. The second challenge I do see is kind of related to data management is that there's a high reliance on paper documents or their electronic equivalents like PDFs or faxes even in some cases. And it's just so difficult to get that data off. And quite often it's rekeyed and it's rekeyed with mistakes. You know, so the quality there suffers. And the third challenge, I think, and it's, it's an enduring theme within the, the law sector is the concept of the billable hour. It comes up many times, but realistically now with the corporate clients requiring more predictable legal costs, they're questioning the breakdown of, the, of those invoices. So if your lawyer's doing more administrative work that a support member of staff would do for them, it would be a lower invoice. So they're questioning what their lawyers are doing. Also related to that is effectively extracting the information data held in the systems. We mentioned it before. That just takes too long. So that adds to the, the bill and the invoice. So you can't give your clients the information as quickly as you can when they need it and ultimately when you're working in a billable hour from a staff perspective there's a fatigue um, that sets in and the job satisfaction's not there there can be a degree of turnover as well or, or just pure burnout and people aren't being as effective as they are but the underlying thing is that the challenge is that they don't have the effective tools they need to do their job yes exactly obviously having Client dissatisfaction is one thing, but then also having employee dissatisfaction is, a, is an added problem. What do you both think law firms should be focusing on right now? and What should they be prioritising? Obviously, the thing that most needs to happen is they need to embark on digital transformation in order to make use of some of the tools that Dave's been talking about. So I think where you start with uh, digital transformation is really understanding what drives value for the group. There is this focus on billable hours and you have to bill as many hours as you, you want, but what about services with outcomes? So what really drives value for the organization? And those are financial things as well as non-financial things. You know, employee satisfaction or employee engagement could be one of those things and customer satisfaction could be one of those things. And some of the ethical and environmental factors could also be perceived as value drivers within the organization. And then I think facing into this fact that much legal work is routine administrative stuff and clients don't like paying expensive lawyers to do routine administrative work. And the flip side of that is that the technological solutions can often do these jobs more efficiently and accurately than humans can. The other side to that is that creating services with the knowledge that you have can help businesses with prevention and risk management rather than expensive litigation at the end of something going wrong. I think this is often described as the fence at the top of the cliff rather than the ambulance at the bottom. And the operations need to adapt and transform to leverage these new services. So there are new skills and roles developing and emerging such as legal knowledge engineers, legal project managers, legal process analysts. And all of these need to work together to facilitate transformation within the legal sector. So I think that's one of the biggies. Yeah, I absolutely agree with the, a number of things you've said there, Damon, on, on the transformation aspects. I can relate back to some of the uh, points Damon's made. 
the the ability to move away from uh, what I previously mentioned as a kind of a time based activity towards an outcome and results based service is really achievable if you adopt technologies and tools like intelligence automation. It's a real effective enabler of, of this because the point Damon made about the technology and the transformation is that these tools that can work with the lawyers, not necessarily replace them, although there are some that can do that, that the aim is to work with the skills and knowledge that exist in the law firm. In addition to that, I think there's also the IT department within the law firm. I think traditionally that's been seen as, can you reset my password? Can you, can you fix this application? Can you give me access to that? But I think the transition required there is for them to be working in partnership with the business rather than a supplier to it. So in other words, they're delivering products or information to the lawyers that need them to service their clients. So they're part of that delivery of legal expertise. And that doesn't mean to say they're just doing the admin work that the lawyers are currently doing and doing it cheaper, but it's optimising the information the lawyers need to be effective. So it's a good balance there. And it, it puts the IT team potentially into the fee charging world. I guess my question is, what is intelligent automation? How does it help? It's become a bit of a label right now. If I was to describe what the success factors are to enable automation to help, you need a platform that brings technologies together. So intelligent automation enables that process. It can act as the glue as you develop a new workflow. A well-defined process. So in, in terms of the, the kind of administrative tasks that we've said that are a burden to lawyers when they, when they perform them currently, the way around this is to find what the repetitive tasks are, cost them up, and see how much time can be saved by automating them. The transformation is really, really important here because if you believe your process is good, but it isn't, all you're going to do is automate the, the problems. They're going to be exacerbated. So step back, look at the, the processes, but you know, pick, pick the repetitive ones first and they can be easily automated. By doing this, you'll end up with a better handle on the data. You'll probably be able to achieve a 360 view of client data, specifically if they've got services from multiple different legal disciplines in your firm. And ultimately, you'll become more data driven. And the third one is really to have the right team and implementation partner with also a business champion as well to promote automation and drive its adoption in the organization, because there will be fear, uncertainty and doubt that it's replacing my job. It's absolutely not doing that. Intelligent automation works best alongside a human. You know, it complements their activities they perform. And I said earlier about having the right tools to enable them to do the job. It's one of those. It falls into that camp. It's interesting what you were saying about people being afraid of this kind of technology taking over their jobs. What sort of intelligence are we talking about? We've been doing automation for years. The intelligence bit is really benefiting from the commoditized artificial intelligence capabilities. It sounds a bit advanced, but actually, when you look at what commoditized artificial intelligence gives you, it's things like natural language processing. The hard work's already been done. It's being built for you. And now it's more accessible than before. So lawyers could use that. You know, they can train up the, the technologies to understand legal language better because it's more structured than the conversation we're having now, for example. You know, and, and therefore, that allows them to process legal documents quicker. They can probably get insight on what's being said. But the ultimate judgment's with the human. It's an advisory service. Yeah? So natural language processing there. Sentiment analysis as well, which is 
well used in social media, you know, is your customer happy, sad? Are they likely to praise you or criticize you? You could apply that to legal statements, documents, again, in an advisory capacity to inform the lawyer on the decisions they need to make. And ultimately, the, the third commoditized bit of intelligence is computer vision. And really what that means is if you have a photograph in a document, you could extract it by just pressing a button and it's in your system or evidence file, case file, whatever. But also if you have a table of data that's in a PDF file, rather than rekey it, the computer scans it and brings it in as editable text. So that rekeying problem and the errors I mentioned earlier are mitigated by these techniques. And the automation aspect just really brings these together in a total package, enabling the lawyers to do their jobs more effectively. It reduces that administrative burden. Yeah, and obviously reducing costs for the company overall. Absolutely, yeah. Okay, thank you, Dave. Can I just say something quickly, Claire? I, sure. I think it, the cost um, reduction is obviously important, but I think also the redeployment of um, skilled resources onto other things which are more value-add is also a key attribute. So I think there's a lot of focus um, in intelligent automation on the cost reduction business case. But we also need to look at how skilled resource can be redeployed into more value-add activities as well. I think that's very important to capture. Absolutely, Damon. I think that's a really valid point you've made. Yeah, and Damon, I'd like to build on that. A question I get is, David, if I'm automating my processes, I'm not going to be able to bill my clients. Yeah, I'm billing them less. So why should I do that? And the answer is, well, no, you could build more clients. You could grow your business. So from a, from a private sector perspective, you could do more of the same thing. Yeah? You're not capped. So if, if your business now is at a point where you can't really take on any more new business without hiring people, you're going to add to your cost base, but make some profit. If you automate it, you could do more with less. You, you increase your profit. You don't really have to create large amounts of invoices and try and build your customer accounts from within. You could look to grow from the outside and build your company at the same time. Thanks, Dave. That makes perfect sense. Can you give me a practical example of how intelligent automation has been used? I think it's really important to learn from what other sectors are doing and consider how that can apply to the legal sector. So at the start, uh, I mentioned the challenge about accessing data when you're not in the office, the kind of mobile working field worker basis. So there was an example we've done for a surveying company and what they had is a very costly manual process for site visits. So they were traveling around the country, but the, the whole allocation of where you're going and what you to do was manual subject to errors. The way they addressed that was through an IT modernization project. And the specific bit we did on the automation was solve their daily booking process which was allowing a better allocation of surveyors. It significantly reduced the manual administrative burden there because we got access to their information that's in different systems. Yeah? So to an earlier point, we created a platform to bring the information together so we could more accurately assign the right person to go to the right site. So they, you know, it was more effective use of transport time and on all that. And that really did improve the working day. You know, they were less frustrated being sent long journeys when someone else closer could have done the job. 
And it was all achieved because we use this platform to bring the technologies together. And the automation bit was really the glue to enable that. It's a small thing, but it had a big business impact. And I think the legal sector before the application of the alternative business structures was very closed, you know, and not necessarily open to new ideas and innovation. And the opening up of that sector has enabled new ideas to come in, new investors from different industries. And those ideas, as they they come in, just as Dave's described, and, and get applied to the legal sector will bring a whole load of innovation and new solutions and new ways of looking at things that perhaps people that have just looked and worked in the legal sector wouldn't have thought of. Brilliant. Thank you. Damon, what are your thoughts? What would you advise leaders in the legal sector to be thinking about doing? I I think that legal firms really need to be focusing on the big themes at the moment because there is so much to focus on. If you don't focus on the big themes, you're going to miss out. And I think those, just to go back and reiterate, are the client cost pressures, they're not going to go away. So looking at efficiencies and better value. The liberalisation of the legal markets with the alternative business structures and legal process outsourcing, they're here to stay making sure that those processes are optimized is is a big area of focus and then finally the tech is advancing at such a pace and we know it will take up repetitive administrative tasks with greater precision and also recall capability as well so that's a big advantage so I would say that embarking on intelligent automation of processes now is a really good way to, a really smart way to start reducing your costs and redeploying skilled resources onto value-add activity. So those are the things that I would focus on. Thanks, Damon. That's really good advice. Well, I'm afraid that's all we've got time for today. So a very big thank you to Dave Horton of Triad and Damon Harding of Digital Works Group. It's been really interesting to hear some ideas of how the legal industry can innovate. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Claire.